What do you know about angels? Our text this Christmas Eve morning is drawn from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us this morning. This Christmas Eve morning, we pray that you'd open our eyes, open our hearts, that we might see and understand your word, that we might do it even this Christmas season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I went snorkeling at Kona on the Big Island, I was hoping to see some giant sea turtles. It turned out I arrived at just the right moment as a large turtle swam right under me, and I swam alongside the beautiful, docile creature. We had gotten to Hawaii right at the beginning of the advent or arrival of the giant sea turtles from their seasonal feeding grounds. In Luke this morning, we'll see another advent or arrival as Luke 1 shows us the advent of angels. The advent of angels. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin there in verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. And the first part of the verse says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Now, first of all, I want you to notice the sixth month. This is going to come up twice in our pericope this morning, our sermon text. Six. Remember, God doesn't put numbers into his word for superfluous reasons. It's there for a purpose. What is six? Six is before the number seven. Seven is the number of completion. It is rest. It is Sabbath. So we see the sixth here, and we should cue into the idea that we're waiting for something big to happen. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel comes. The angel Gabriel. This is the same angel who came to Daniel and prophesied the coming of the king and the kingdom. His name Gabriel is drawn from Hebrew from the words Gibor and El. Gibor, mighty man, El, God. He is the mighty man of God. And now he returns 500 years after speaking to Daniel to announce the fulfillment of that prophecy. Now what do you know about angels? Well, there's seraphim. Angels of the holiest choir that perpetually sing holy, holy, holy before God's throne. There are the cherubim or the cherubim who guard God's holiness. They're the ones who are set at the Garden of Eden to prevent mankind from coming back into the garden where the holiness of God resides. And then we see that woven into the tapestry in the temple in the tabernacle. It's there between the holy place and the holiest of holies. The cherubim guard the holiness of God. And then there's nameless, titleless angels. Some of them look so weird and scary, they go beyond description. Oftentimes they appear in the form of men. And then there are the great archangels, who are warriors and generals of the angelic host. Only one angel is named explicitly as an archangel in the scripture, and that is the archangel Michael. He's the one who appears through the vision that's given to Daniel. And also, a lot of people have thought that Gabriel was also an archangel. I believe he is. And if you look at their duties and what they do with their ministry, they appear to be guardians over groups of people. Michael seems to be the guardian angel over Israel. And notice what Gabriel does. He announces the coming of the king. He announces the coming of the gospel. He announces the coming of redemption for the world. Gabriel appears to be the archangel who oversees the Gentiles. The new covenant's bursting in in our text. And with the bursting in of the new covenant, 
we see a bursting of angelic activity. So let's go on to the second part of verse 26. We see that Gabriel was sent from God, and then in verse 26 in the second part, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now the angel Gabriel comes to Nazareth. What's up with Nazareth? Where'd the name Nazareth come from? Well, I believe it came from the word netzer. Netzer in the Hebrew means a branch. Netzerit, netzerit, branch town, home of the branch of David and the shoot of Jesse. I believe this fulfills Isaiah chapter 1, 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. We see that the great house of David, like a mighty cedar, split in two. We see that the kingdom of David was split into two separate kingdoms, and the southern kingdom of Judah always had a Davidic king upon its throne. But the people sinned, and they were conquered and carried off into exile. The great tree of David was chopped down. It was burned down to its roots. It was dead. No way anything can come forth from this and ever live again. And yet we're told in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots. And where is this happening at? Netzerith, in branch town, to a virgin bride of Joseph, a man of the household of David. Going on to verse 28. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Here's Mary, a young virgin from an obscure town on the fringe of Jewish society, and yet she is told she is the favored one. Now, Nazareth in the first century is a little trading town. It stands along these trading routes that go from north to south and east to west. It's about 500 people that live in the town. It's in the middle of Galilee. Galilee, which was part of the northern kingdom of Israel where the ten tribes were to get carried off into Assyria. Galilee at this time is about half Gentile. Nazareth at this time appears to have been roughly the same. Half Gentile, half Jewish. It's a place that's far from the action of Judea, from the intrigues of Jerusalem. But it's being recolonized by Jews in the first century. And this is where all the action is taking place. The Lord loves to do immense and unexpected things with the least expected. Friends, what might he do with you even this new year? Now, seeing a mighty angel and hearing such an astounding greeting would greatly trouble anyone, let alone this young virgin. Going on to verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor favor with God. Now the word there for favor is interesting. It's charis. You've heard that one before, right? We got a couple charises around here. Charis means grace. Do not be afraid for you found grace with God. Brethren, do not be afraid for you as well have found grace, charis with God. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The angel Gabriel tells the young virgin that she will conceive and bear a son, and that she will name him Jesus, 
And as we've seen over the last several weeks, the name means Joshua. Joshua, the great conqueror after the days of Moses. And it should stir up in their minds the idea of conquest. The angel Gabriel has already commanded that another boy be named. You remember the story? It's right there in our text before this. We've got Zechariah and his wife, whose name is Elizabeth. She's old. She's barren. She's beyond childbearing years. It seems an impossible circumstance that she will ever have a child. Zechariah is a Levite and a priest. He's serving in the temple of God. And this angel comes and appears to him. Gabriel comes to him, and in verse 13 of the same chapter, it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. John the baptizer. John, who is Jesus' cousin. John, the greatest of the old covenant prophets. John is the one who will run before Jesus and say, The king's coming, prepare the way. Make his paths straight. Going on to verse 32. He will be great. will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. The angel Gabriel announces the nature of the one who's coming. The one who's going to come as the son of a virgin He will be the promised king who will sit on the throne of David who will reign forever and ever. Now, friends, we look at these texts a lot of times and we see something seems to be referring to something in the Old Testament. We don't put all the pieces together and think about it for a minute. You see, the angel Gabriel here is announcing the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9. And we forget the fact that the angels come and go. They go to the presence of God. They're in the throne room of the cosmos where the Holy Spirit sends himself forth into men and women and causes them to utter and write things down that become the word of God. This angel Gabriel is the one who stands in the throne room of the presence of God when the words were sent forth to the prophet Isaiah. Words you know well from the Christmas season. This is a fulfillment of that. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born... To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now notice the similarity with the words of Gabriel, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it, and he has done it. Can I hear an amen to that, brother? Going on to verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? Mary clearly understands what the angel is saying. You, virgin girl, will bear the son of promise. Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. God, who made everything. God, who made mankind in the beginning, who made everything in the cosmos and made it from nothing, will do it. The Holy Spirit, who hovered over the waters in the original creation, will hear in the Greek, episkiazo. That verb means envelop, 
overshadow, bring to pass this thing with you, Mary. He will, of necessity of this process, be called holy, the unique Son of God. Has anything like this ever happened? We see fire from heaven. We see axe heads that float. We see food miraculously appearing. We even see the dead being raised, but has a virgin ever born a son? Has a virgin ever conceived? It happened only once, and it never happened again, because the power of God will cause this thing to happen. Verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. There we got the sixth again. She's six months on now. And now the angel Gabriel comes and makes this announcement to Mary. Six. A Jew reading this in the first century would immediately key in on the idea of six. There's this tantalizing flavor. Something big's about to happen. Something's about to be fulfilled. Your cousin Elizabeth also is miraculously present. Nothing is impossible with God. Friends, Advent shows us nothing is is impossible with God. If God can take on humanity in the virgin's womb, what isn't possible? Seeing your business thrive again after an economic downturn, nothing is impossible with God. Finding a spouse, nothing is impossible with God. Seeing the church rise from the ashes as a new generation embraces the ancient faith, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Can I hear an amen to that? You guys are too quiet, Presbyterians. Come on. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And this is what makes Mary great. You see, we as Protestants, we're always reacting against Catholicism. And so we want to always detract from Mary. We always want to say, well, she's just a sinner like us, as though she's just like you and I. But Mary was the Theotokos, the God-bearer. Mary was a woman of faith. In reaction to the advent of the angel, Gabriel says, I am God's servant. Let this happen to me. Notice how she says these things. No modernist questioning of and rejecting of miracles like the virgin birth, but solid faith. I believe this happened just like that. Do you? God sent his son into the world through the virgin. God in the flesh, and I believe it. Notice here with Mary, no modernist questioning of and rejecting God's command. For her, God's word is the final authority. She has solid faith. Oh, brethren, might we have solid faith like that? This is what makes Mary so great, is she's a woman of faith. May we be men and women of faith in a challenging time when people challenge us on what we believe about the Word of God, about the virgin birth, about the miracles of the Word of God, about cultural appropriation and things coming into the church that go against the Word of God. May we say, may the will of God be done and stand upon the word of God. The world then stood in the midst of the advent of angels when massive choirs of angels will sing at Jesus' birth. Angels serving the Son of God in his earthly ministry. Powerful angels will free apostles from prisons and angels will speak to deacons and centurions. And guess what, brethren? 
we're living in that age. These are the days. These are the days, brethren. The old covenant saints would love to be sitting in your pew this morning. As we live in this age between the advents, as legions of angels will be sent forth to guard the increasing throng of the faithful because the king over the angels has been enthroned. Can I hear an amen to that? In the Marine Corps, one of the most impressive and unpleasant things you can experience is a McCress or Marine Corps Readiness Evaluation System Assessment. It was two weeks of no showers, constant stress, nothing but MREs, but the impressive part was that thousands of Marines advented or arrived in the middle of a jungle and set up an entire community of constantly moving command centers, webs of observation posts, and clutches of huge cannons manned by hundreds of Marines. It was a whirling cloud of activity. The coming of the king and the kingdom was an impressive thing as legions of angels advented or arrived in the middle of history and announced and facilitated the establishment of the kingdom of God like a whirling cloud of activity in this age between the advents. This advent morning we've seen in Luke chapter 1, the advent of angels. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the arrival of the kingdom the arrival of the king and the advent of angels. Thank you for our friends who are unseen. Help us to see these things and to understand these things and to know that in the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. May we shed good cheer this Christmas season. May we go forth from this place rejoicing in the incarnation of your Son. For we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.